Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime cult conspiracy and crypto podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And Danielle's sick again. I hung out with a two-year-old, it's not my fault. Um, so if she coughs or whatever, she's gonna do her best, but yeah, I, we always like yeah. to give a little heads up. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think, we haven't really, we haven't recorded in a two while. weeks. Yeah something like that so happy fourth of july yep this should come out i think actually on the fourth isn't no fourth is a monday oh okay so day after yeah so happy fourth of july to our american American. listeners and unhappy fourth of july to our very few british listeners (laughs) um yeah do you have any plans um, I never really have plans on the 4th. I'll be getting back from um, seeing some friends in Iowa um, like the weekend before. So probably just hanging out. Cool. Um, all right. I'm telling the story today. I'm going to turn you up a little bit because you're quiet. Oh, I got it. I got just it. a little. I'm closer. Sorry, guys. Mid adjustment. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. And I'm trying to be intentional about where I hold the mic, too. So. I didn't listen to this week's episode, but. It sounded fine. It sounded fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't listened yet. Um, I when listened I, to it last night, I think. Because I rent the Harry Potter books, you know, audiobooks. So yeah. when I get one, I like am all about the Harry Potter book. Yeah. Until I return it. So yeah. Cause I you haven't only listened have, to any of my podcasts. You only have so long to listen to it. So yeah. you got to like get it done when you can so yeah i totally get that right okay so let's get into this um i'm going to be telling a pretty famous story i think i feel like it's famous okay um we're gonna go to missouri Missouri. Um, and i'm going back to my roots oh boy is this the missing person it sure is yes but it's not just one missing person oh boy or two it's three oh the trifecta (laughs) who all vanish on the same night from the same house what so today i'm going to be telling the story of the springfield three cheryl levitt Susie streeter and stacy mccall i honestly don't think i've ever heard of this i feel like you once I get into it, you'll probably be like, oh, it makes sense now. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to head back to the summer of 1992. and Oh, you didn't even exist yet. No. Nope. I was an only child still. On June 6th, <laughs> Susie Streeter, who was 19, and Susie's friend, Stacy McCall, who was 18, had just graduated from Kickapoo High School in Springfield, Missouri. You know rival teams had so much fun with yeah. that freaking name. That's a good point. <laughs> Springfield is located in the southwest corner of Missouri, and it's in the heart of the Ozark Mountains. Okay. So it's like a very pretty area. It has a big lake, a lot of rivers, snake throughout. Um, The mountains are more like large hills. (laughs) Okay. But it's very green, very lush, very nice. But it's one of those towns where it like has very rich people, and then it kind of has very poor people. Okay. Not very much in between. Um. But Springfield was known as a safe place to live and a safe place to raise a family. Um, It's also located in the heart of the Bible Belt. So many of its residents were deeply religious. Okay. 
Cheryl Levitt, who is 47, was Susie's mom. And she also attended the graduation, obviously, to watch her daughter graduate. Um, the girls were in their caps and gowns, smiling without a care in the world, uh, talking about their plans for the night. Stacy and Susie were. Mm-hmm. Um, the two girls had planned to head to the town of Battlefield for a friend's party. Battlefield is just about 15 minutes south of Springfield. They stayed there for a while before heading back to another party located in the town of Springfield itself. Okay. Um, and then the original plan was to head to Branson, Missouri after that and spend the night in a hotel so they could hit up a water park called White Water Water Park the next day. Try saying that five times White fast. Water Water Park. <laughs> Branson is 45 minutes south of Springfield, so it wasn't too far of a drive, but still also not like a hop, skip, and a jump. Yes, it's not something you're just going to like go for like an hour. You're going to go for like the day kind of thing. Well. Like Mall of America was for us. Like you'd go for a few hours. You wouldn't just like, oh, I'm just going to run down to the mall really quick. Like you're going to go. You're going to go. I guess. I don't know. That's not really how I think of 45 minutes, but some maybe to some people. Okay. Um, after they arrived at that second party in Springfield, though, the plan changed and they no longer were going to head to Branson that night, but they decided to spend the night at a friend's house. Um, her name was Janelle Kirby, uh, and then they were going to just head to the water park in the morning. Okay. But when they arrived at Janelle's house, they thought that it was too crowded and they didn't want to stay there anymore. Um, Janelle apparently had a lot of family in town for her graduation, so the two girls were going to have to sleep in the living room on the floor. So, around 2 a.m., they finally decided to head back to Susie's house and just spend the night there instead. Susie had just gotten a brand new king-size waterbed for graduation, and the girls were excited to try it out. (laughs) That's so, like, early 90s. I know, right? (laughs) So they said goodnight to Janelle and her mom, Kathy, who was like also up kind of helping situate them. Yeah. Like she was getting them like sleeping bags and stuff. Yeah. Um, And then they told Janelle to call that they asked Janelle to call them in the morning because they were still planning to go to that water park and they were all going to drive together. Okay. So they drove their own cars back to Susie's house. So it's like you're in your car, I'm in my, my car. car. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, Stacey McCall was keeping her family in the loop about the change of plans. So it's not like she just was like willy nillying it all around Missouri. Okay. They knew what was going on. Um, and the last they talked to her was around 1030 PM. So um, from what I heard, they knew she, they were going to stay at Janelle's house. They didn't know they ended up going back to, to Susie's. Susie's okay because it was already 2 a.m there's no cell phone like they would have she would have had to like wake people up yeah, at the house, call the house and, phone, yeah okay like, you know so okay the next morning at 8 a.m janelle called the girls at Susie's house to determine what time they were going to head down to the water park that day but she received no answer around nine i'm assuming at that point she was just like oh they're just still asleep right I'm assuming. Around 9 a.m., Janelle and her boyfriend actually visited the house to see if they could wake them up. Um, But when they arrived, they found all three girls' cars. Sorry. When they arrived, they found all three girls. I'm calling them girls. Sometimes I call them women. Okay. They're kind of in between. (laughs) Yeah. Not Cheryl, but. Yeah. (laughs) 
So all three females, all three females. <laughs> sure. So share the mom's car, yes. the daughter's car, and the friend's car okay. were all parked outside the home. Okay. Um, so they walked up to the front porch and they noticed that the front door was unlocked, which isn't something that would be considered unusual. Let me guess. It's a tight knit community. Well, yes, <laughs> but it was also the nineties. Yeah, that's true. You know, we played it fast and loose in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> um, one weird thing though, that they did notice was the front porch light was shattered and there was glass all over the porch. Ooh, now, when I say sketchy porch light, the light bulb was still intact, but the like, like the casing, casing glass oh. casing around it was shattered. Oh, yeah. So the fixture part. Right. Okay. So to be helpful, Janelle's boyfriend found a broom and cleaned up the glass for them. Which, like, if this was not a crime scene, would be a really sweet thing to do. Right. (laughs) The two walked through the front door and found no sign of anyone in the house. Um, The TV was on, and all three women's purses were lined up in the hall near Susie's bedroom. The family's dog was also in the home. Both Cheryl and Susie were chain smokers, and the woman's cigarettes were found in the house as well. Um, While Janelle and her boyfriend were in the house, the phone rang, so Janelle said, decided to just answer it and on the other end of the line was a man making lewd comments and like sexual comments so janelle hung up and figured it was just a prank call but the phone rang again while they were there and this time they let it go to voicemail um the two then left the house thinking maybe the three of them had maybe like walked somewhere for breakfast or something um and they just kind of were like okay whatever nothing looked suspicious besides the light fixture being broken but that's still like if you're not thinking something bad happened like you could easily if you're not into true crime or run a true crime podcast you don't automatically assume the the worst worst. (laughs) yeah um throughout the day a few other friends who hadn't been able to get a hold of Susie or stacy sorry Susie or cheryl nobody knew stacy was there besides Janelle and her mom, dropped by the house to see if they were there, but again, nothing. And then finally, around 5.30 p.m., Stacy's mom was getting extremely worried because she hadn't heard from Su- Stacy, which was unusual, obviously, okay. since she was calling her last night to like keep her updated on plans. Until the very last decision. Right. So she called Janelle's house to see if Stacy happened to be there. Um, she talked to Janelle's mom, Kathy, who told her that the two girls had decided to spend the night at Susie's house instead. Excuse me. Now, Stacy's mom didn't know where Susie lived, and she didn't have Susie's number, so she asked Janelle's mom, Kathy, if she knew any of that information, which she didn't, unfortunately. So Stacy's mom set out to find Janelle, who Kathy said was at a local water slide. Apparently... I didn't say water park. It said water slide. Okay. So I'm assuming maybe it was just like a big pool and there was like one slide. Oh, okay. In this so it's not like. So they didn't go to the water park in Branson. They just decided to stick Staying around. in town. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I got from it. Okay. When Stacy's mom found Janelle and got the information from her, um, she started calling Susie's house. Didn't get any answer. So she just decided to drive over there herself okay 
When she arrived, she noticed all the cars in the driveway and then went up to knock. When no one answered, she walked into the house. Um, which is, you know, kind of weird. I mean, if you didn't I, know them. I get it, though. Like, your concern for your child is is probably going to take precedence. But I just really think this shows, how, like, how different every time. Yeah, because you would never even, like, would you ever even try to, to walk into someone's house who, who's, like, I don't even know if I would, like, if I went to my friend's house and they didn't answer the door, I don't even know if I would try to, like. Try their door? Yeah, open yeah. it. I don't think I would either. But I, I mean, mean, I have most of my friends' garage door codes, so I can get into me, their house anyways. <laughs> most of my hand, friends have detached garages. Oh, really? Well, except for Haley. But anyway, besides the point. Yeah. Um, so she noticed all the things that Janelle had noticed. The purses, the TV was on, but she also had noticed that the clothes that the girls had been wearing the day before were also at the house. Um, oh. And like... Stacy's clothes were all like folded up and neat next to her like overnight bag and the jewelry was off and in the bathroom. I don't know if you guys can hear the bass coming from Emily's neighbors, but we certainly can. So sorry if you can hear it. Let me just turn it down. <laughs> okay, there um, we go. So at this point, Stacy's mom, whose name is Janice, by the way, I probably should have mentioned that a while ago, but that's okay. She decided it was time to get the police involved. Good call. So she contacted them to report her daughter missing. When police arrived at the home, they assumed that more than a dozen people had been through the house that day. Whoa. Yeah. Walking on the carpet, sitting on the furniture, trampling. That is so weird. But also I'm thinking maybe it was just like, maybe Susie's house was just like the house that everyone felt comfortable like just walking in well i mean like our friends in high school and your friends from high school just walk into our parents house right so i'm just wondering if maybe that's just kind of the house that it was yeah that's a huge bummer though yeah um they also noticed that it looked like people had been sleeping in the beds like they weren't made okay it looked like they had gotten into the beds Okay. Um, like I stated before, the clothes and jewelry from the night were there, and they noticed uh, dirty washcloths with makeup were in the hamper, so they had, like, taken their makeup off. Okay. So they knew for sure that they had arrived home and made it into bed. Okay. Um, they also decided to play the answering machine at the home, um, and there had been a lot of messages left on the machine um asking you know where the girls were yeah call me back whatever but there was also that one message that was from a man making lewd sexual innuendos so that makes two calls yeah and it was like one right after the other right okay now somehow some way this answering machine tape got erased So, I don't know who or how. To be honest, it was kind of hard to find information on this case for how infamous I feel like it is. But I do know that it for sure was erased. Okay. Um, God, can you imagine just the sinking feeling that you would get when you went to listen to it and you're like, oh shit, there's nothing here. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, at this point, the police had made a decision to, yes, go ahead, file this 
missing person reports for all three women, and they decided to classify it under foul play. I don't know if they thought maybe because foul play was actually um, involved at this point, or I also heard slash read it could have been because then things would have been more faster. urgent. And, yes. Okay. If they okay. did it under foul play. So um, the police ended up leaving that night and they put a note on the door for Cheryl asking her to call them and cancel the missing re- person report as soon as she got their message. Obviously, they never have a feeling that didn't happen. Got their call. <laughs> on June 8th, uh, the police got a search warrant to go through the house fully and like, you know, before they were just kind of poking and prodding. Now yeah. they could really start going through the house. Um, the odd thing was that nothing at the scene really seemed to be out of the norm. There was no sign of a struggle. There was no sign of a cleanup. Nothing like that. Okay. It was like all three women just got up and walked out of the house and disappeared without a trace. The only weird thing for me right now is the purses. Because like if you're going to leave willingly, you're not going to leave without... Well, I mean, the only time I do is if I'm carrying a different wallet. You know, like if I throw all my stuff into a different wallet and then I just take the wallet or something. Right. Not only that, but we'll get to it in a bit. But okay. keep the purses in mind. Okay. Um, so it didn't help that the scene had been pretty much deemed useless after the amount of people that had walked through the house that day. So the police really had zip zilch nada to go on. I feel like this happened in your Villisca axe murders yeah. case too. But that one was a little I mean, more it's, sinister. Like yeah. People were more yeah. Curious. This one is just like, oh. But like just like the evidence is destroyed because yeah. of people going through the house. On June 9th, the FBI was called in to help with the case. Um, most people in the town believe that the three women were going to turn up, but the longer they were missing, the more questions arose. Naturally. Yes. Now, unfortunately to this day, we don't have very many answers and the three women have never been found and the case remains unsolved. Uh, okay. So that's the story. And I'm assuming there are theories. We're going to talk about theories now. Great. How many theories do we have? Oh my God. Too many. <laughs> well, it's kind of just like, they're not really like in-depth theories, I yeah. would say. It's kind of more like... I mean, with the little amount of evidence, that's not super surprising. Yeah. It's kind of just like things people throw out there. Okay. So, um, the police were receiving thousands of tips about this case, but most of them were leading to dead ends. What the police think happened is that, well, I would say the police and maybe most the general public was that um, the three women were either taken by gunpoint or knife point because of like, how do you get three fully grown women out of a house without a fight or a struggle? Yeah. Um, my main question here is who was the target? Yeah. Because, like, so Cheryl, she was known as super hardworking, wanted to provide a better life for her daughter, super kind, really great person. So, could have been her, or it could have been Susie and Stacy. They're young, they're pretty, they're lively, whatever. Great. I mean, they are really pretty. I mean, um, if it was them, though, my... Can I... Let me finish my thought. Okay. Sorry. Okay. There. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm going to start raising my hand. Yeah. And then you can just call on me. Because I feel like right. you, we probably have the same thought. Okay. Um, 
so they were like had they been followed home by somebody like i don't know hold on i know okay (laughs) that's why i raised my hand (laughs) um but the thing with that is the girls had not been planning on staying at Susie's home that night right so they literally made that decision at 2 30 a.m to 2 a.m to 2 30 a.m so how if they were the target how would someone know yes that they were gonna be there okay okay you can go now so my thought is if the girls are the victims why let them get in the house right why not take them yeah why not get them because once they're in the house you would assume it'd be easy or harder to get to them because now they're in a house there's another adult in there like an adult adult yeah and hopefully they lock their doors you don't know that for sure but you maybe assume that they do yeah so like if you're gonna kidnap them why not take them before they get inside i think that that, that's a good question i think that's why i would lean more towards cheryl being the intended target target. and then just the two kind of were in the wrong place at the wrong time because their plan was not to be there yeah exactly so um okay a popular theory that surrounded this case is that Susie's ex-boyfriend might be to blame apparently a few months before the disappearance Susie's boyfriend at the time was arrested with some friends for robbing graves they would dig up graves and steal the gold fillings out of people's mouths. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. It's not okay, good. not in my entire life because one of the podcasts I listened to did a really, really bad story the other day. But that's top ten. Um, <laughs> when they were arrested, Susie broke up with her boyfriend and she ended up giving a statement to police. The boyfriend was set to go on trial just two weeks after Susie went missing, and Susie may have been set to testify against him. Do I believe this theory? I don't think it justifies. On a scale of one to absolutely not, and then ten being, yeah, super likely, where where would you say you'd set? Three. Yeah, I'm I'm in, like, the three-four range, too. Like, it, it's too coincidental. It's too coincidental, um, and it's, like, it's not, like she's set to testify against you for like a murder yeah it's yes robbing graves is terrible and and weird and mm -hmm. just uh, not cool and i would also break up with my boyfriend had if i found out but like like is it that big of a deal that you would kidnap and who knows what else disappear people. people yeah yeah it just seems a little kind of out there to me i don't think that they did ever end up going to jail for this I think there was a lack of evidence. Okay. But that still doesn't... Yeah, no, I just... Still out of three. Yeah. Maybe even yeah. a two and a half. Uh, yeah, um, I'd agree. I think this should be our new raid system. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good idea. Another theory is that maybe somebody was already at the house that night. It was said by friends that knew Susie pretty well that she was a creature of habit and the only way that she would have parked her car where it was found was if someone's car was already in the driveway. So they're saying that oh. she parked in the same exact spot every single time. So like how we always park yeah. on, on that one side of our parents' garage. So um, this house had a little carport. Car okay. Part, port? Is that what's called? That's the carport, one that's right? just, it's just like a roof. Little, There's no, yeah, yeah. no like doors yep. or anything. Yep, yep. And Susie, Cheryl's car was parked in the carport. 
and then um there was a half circle driveway okay in front of the house and people said that um Susie typically would park in the carport with her mom unless her mom's car wasn't there then she would park at the very top of the circle driveway okay but she was like not parked there it was like in a very different spot and they were like what if the only way she would park in that spot would be if someone else's car was there but um so then they thought maybe cheryl had someone over um maybe she rejected them things turned ugly and he maybe killed or something happened with cheryl now back to the creature of habit thing apparently according to one of Susie's friends she would um every night when she got home her mom wouldn't wait up for her to get home but it was like known and said that like Susie would just go in and wake her up and be like hey i'm home okay just want to let you know and then go to bed um so like a theory was maybe the person did something to cheryl in her bedroom his their original plan was to hide in the bedroom until the two girls went to bed and then sneak out okay but Susie came in to say you know hey we're we're here yeah and then that's kind of where shit hit the fan and then all three left but the problem people say with this one is um is no neighbors ever saw any other car okay in that driveway that night yeah okay now go (laughs) (laughs) my issue with it the well okay so that does make sense to me as to cheryl being the victim like being the intended victim because if you're like watching her place or you're watching her or whatever them not showing up until two in the morning that's late Mm -hmm. like you would assume okay good no one's gonna be here Yeah. yeah so i could totally see that being part of it and then the other thing um oh damn I forgot. There was some part about like, oh, the body. If he'd killed her already, why would he take the body? He just, you know what I mean? I think they just thought like, take all the bodies and then nobody will know anything even happened. Because like, that feels like a lot of work to me. I I think they left the house alive. Okay. I don't think they left the house dead because like, why? Right. Like, what's the point of taking the body there are there's no benefit unless like they wrote on their skin before they died like gary did it or you know whatever like there's no real reason to take the body like you can get rid of evidence in other ways i don't know yeah so um next i heard a theory i heard was that someone dressed as a gas worker came to the home in the middle of the night and told them that there was a gas leak in the area and that they needed to be like evacuated that's oddly specific um i believe it was like a note like somebody wrote an anonymous note stating this interesting and so that's why it was very specific um so that would explain getting them out of the house Mm -hmm. but that pretty much that's like the only thing that's it explains um next I also read that maybe the person gained access to the house via a house key that may have been hidden in that broken porch light. Seems like a bad place to hide a house key if Apparently you have to that break. Was like a thing. 
but, but it, maybe it wasn't like an, he didn't mean to break it oh i see okay i was gonna say because if you have to break your porch light to get your key that kind of seems counterproductive yeah. right but I, I see what you're i get what you're saying but i mean i i also don't think this is on our my one to ten scale where thought was that they were trying to get the light that's what i thought too but then they realized maybe it was a little like too like when they broke the red all like original like casing they were like oh fuck that was way louder than i was expecting it to be yeah and then just like abandoned that plan but don't know or they what? said they unscrewed i was, the gonna, thing I was just gonna and ask they put it down on the ground and when when the girl when the people like were being shuffled out of the house someone like kicked it because it was on the ground and that's how it shattered that was also something that was thrown around do you know if the light was still like it, was it would turn on still it was on oh it was on, yeah, it was on. okay because yeah. i was gonna say because like maybe they were taking the casing off it fell out of hand broke and then they just unscrewed the light a little bit Mm-mm. to like light still was put on. it in darkness but they could still like they could have relit it before they i mean i don't know I mean, it seems I kind of dumb but yeah i don't know why you would yeah um okay broken porch light yep then under the ruse of a robbery the person controlled everyone in the house that would explain the purses being lined up in the hallway outside of her bedroom the way they were that's w- weird. otherwise why would the purses be lined up very specifically in a hallway by a bedroom yeah that is super weird like that is a very odd place to find purses because like when, when you home, walk into your house my purse is your purse is like on your table yeah when mom walks into her house she doesn't carry her purse in the house right um when i walk in it goes to a very specific spot so like yeah and that spot is definitely not on the floor outside of my bedroom right so even when i come here when i come to your place i have a i always put my purse on the same chair right so so it's just very odd no nothing was taken yeah as far as they know like obvious nothing obvious i should say so like the credit cards were still there the driver's license okay cigarettes still there yeah that's and you said that like if they willingly left they more than likely would have taken that with them yeah um honestly like and we don't even know if this is the work of one person or multiple people that's a good point i honestly did not even think about that most people think it was one person that was my assumption yeah but who knows um there was a tip from a gas station clerk who said they saw the two girls that night with a man in his 30s birth both they like came in grabbed some stuff um and then the girls left in their separate cars one went right one went left um and he said that they he heard them talking how they'll like they're gonna meet up later in the night um and then he the gas station clerk stated that cheryl came in later that night asking if he had seen the girls but this has been dismissed because the girl's friend said that they never went to a gas station that night i was gonna say that seems unlikely yeah another tip came in from a waitress who said she saw the three girls slash women come in the (laughs) night of the disappearance to eat it was like one of those 24-hour diner places Okay. And they came in very late and got some food um, and that Susie appeared to be drunk. But again, this tip did not pan out because it came like weeks after and no one else could corroborate the story. When people 
do tips like that, do you think it's intentionally malicious or do you think that they're just like misremembering? Misremembering. I do too. I would like to think people I, are. Yeah, yeah, I always hope that that's what it is. Yeah. I was just curious. There was also a van that was reported being seen that night slash early in the morning with a girl driving who looked like Susie. And it was said that the girl looked stressed, like she was being forced okay to drive so like the whoever had them didn't want to be spotted so they were like with the gun in the back or yeah. something yeah. okay uh but again this lead never really panned out to anything okay one of the most popular theories in the area is that the three girls were buried under a parking garage which was being built around the same time that the women disappeared um it was a hospital parking garage and the oh, the, at the irony. I know. The people at the hospital have, like, offered, like, you guys can dig it up. And do, like, and ground penetrating and radar. And they say ground penetrating radar won't work in this area because it is known to have sinkholes. Oh. So a lot of anomalies will show up. Okay. Okay. So you can't really tell which is. I hate that. Yeah. I, sinkholes are kind of super terrifying. So, but they've never taken them up on that offer. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of work if you really don't have any evidence that they're there they're there yeah like if you could say like we're 95 percent sure this is where they are then yeah go for it yeah but like when it's like a well maybe right i feel like that's a lot of work and a lot of time and damage and whatever for a well maybe right now we of course do have a couple crazy theories out there Please tell me aliens. Alien abductions. Yes. Fuck yes. Okay. Because it like they literally (laughs) it just literally looked like they just poof gone. Yeah. Someone said a magician. A reckoning. (laughs) Oh, like a rapture. A rapture. Yes. Yeah. Someone was like it literally was like there was a rapture in that house. Like that's very spooky. Yeah. Um, and then there is one other theory i want to talk about that was written on a crime forum post anonymously of course um in 2013 okay wow yes basically there was a old hunting lodge in the area called camp winoka um and this camp was closed and teens in high school would go out to there and explore at night to kind of freak themselves out. Like, you know, there, there was, it was spooky. There's ghost stories. It was haunted. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. You're typical. Right. Um, now, this post was from a teen who, or someone who was a teen at the time mm-hmm. who stated that he was in Missouri the night of the disappearance and that he and his friend went out to Camp Winoka and were kind of exploring when they saw a van with three men pull up. Um, the three men were also with three women, and the three women were terrified. Um, they were screaming. He wrote, like, a lot of gruesome things happened to the women, um, and they all ended up dead. I'm not going to get into the details. Thank you. Uh, if you want, I have some... One of my sources has a link to the post if you want to read it yourself. But Okay. Um, and then basically he said that the men and the women were out there pretty much until daylight and him and his friend just 
were frozen, didn't want to move just in case they got caught. Yeah, because you already know these people are capable of murder. Right. Um, so they waited until the van left and they left, never told anyone what they saw. But, uh, of course, none of this has ever been proven. I mean, a lot of people say, why would you choose that location when you know it's super popular with like teens and high yeah. schoolers, especially on graduation, graduation night, night yeah. when me, but maybe that's why, because they're like graduation night, everybody's at parties, but who, who's to say the parties wouldn't have been there. That's true. They also say that police parole this area a lot because of, um, the stuff that goes on yeah that makes sense and apparently if you look this place up online i didn't um have time to but google map it it's really not all that remote okay it's does it just kind of feel like it is yeah it's like kind of set back off in the woods but it's also like i don't know about maybe back then but now it's kind of there's a couple big roads that run right by it okay so they're like "Mm." don't you wish you could see like what did this look like in 1990 yeah (laughs) That'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so, of course, that I I'm a probably a one on that one. <laughs> okay, so that you feel like that's just no. I think that's just a story. Total bullshit. Yeah. Okay. And then of course we have ser- the serial killer theory that there was a serial killer, and this is the work of that person. I don't know who or what one, but okay, yeah. Israel Keys. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Uh, uh, that's a little too far back say, for yeah. it to be him. Um, of course. And three isn't really his MO. Right. I think the most he ever did was two, allegedly. What we do know for certain is that we don't know what happened to Cheryl, Susie, and Stacy that night. There are some people who even believe they're still alive um, somewhere out in the Ozarks being kept alive by somebody. Hmm um the kind of like what happened with um oh god the mormon girl she was in the, oh was she was she was in the woods was yeah it, or she was like in the desert yeah they're up in the oh, up um, in the mountains elizabeth smart thank you yeah i was gonna say jc dugard and i knew that was wrong yeah but uh this just had the 30 year anniversary oh yeah good point seventh um so is this one ever going to be solved i really really hope so i think unless they get somebody who knows something to speak up which is what we say every single time yeah or like maybe a deathbed confession yeah for some sad reason i have a gut feeling that this is just going to be one of those ones we never really know yep which i hope i'm wrong but it just seems like it's been such a long time. It just seems like they really have nothing. Yeah, to and go there's on. there's just zero. Yeah. For God's sakes, one of the theories is fucking aliens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. And again, I mean, maybe the police have something that they know of that we don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't yawn. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> so. That is the story of the Springfield Three. I've never heard that story. Really? Really. Never heard that story in my life. That's interesting. Or maybe it's not as infamous as I thought it was. There's, There's been like a million crime shows have done this story. And 
I mean, I definitely could have heard it and just like it didn't register because I was like doing a million and a half other things or I was sleeping or whatever. But, you know, typical white girl who falls asleep to murder podcasts. That's fine. Right. So it was good. It was interesting, though. I think unfortunately, I think you're right. I don't think we're going to know again unless something major happens. So, yeah. Do you have a theory you want to go with, or um, you want to just let it re- let it lie? I kind of assume that Cheryl was the victim, the intended victim. I think the girls got in the way. I think they left all alive. I don't think any of them were dead before they left the house. Um, I don't know what the motive was. I don't know why. But I, th- th- those are the two things that I do think are the more likely. Um, I think it was at least, at least one person with a, some sort of a weapon. Yeah. More than likely, I feel like a gun because I feel like if someone attacked three people with a knife, I would be more likely to fight back if it's a knife because there's three of us. So, like, we're going to out- hopefully outnumber and outfight this person. Right. You know, so I, I feel like it's probably a gun. Um, I don't think they're still alive, though. I, I would hope they are. Well, maybe not. Maybe being alive would be worse after 30 years of, I'm assuming, torture and literal hell on earth. But wherever I hope that, whatever, I hope they didn't suffer. And yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a doozy. It is. Yeah, I'm that I've never heard of that. Haven't done a missing person in a while. So. No, you hadn't. Um. Okay, my sources were Reddit to see some theories. <laughs> Newsleader news-leader dot com, Wikipedia, webarchive.org, Springfield dot gov, and then um, there's a podcast. That I listened to um, called The Springfield Three, A Small Town Disappearance. I got through like five or six episodes. I didn't finish it, but um, she's from Springfield, so she, it's kind of interesting. Okay. She knows the town and yeah, was alive when this happened, so kind of cool to hear her perspective. Like, yeah, on a first and, hand. Um, she interviews it, uh, Janice, Stacy's mom, too. So Okay. Oh, God, that must have been so sad. Yeah. That is my story. All right. Our socials are Midwest Madness Podcast, MW Madness. Oh, group. Sorry, on Facebook. Um, MW Madness Podcast on Instagram. That is also our Gmail. Um, we did have someone reach out just to say hi and that they were listening, and it was oh. very nice. I didn't ask them if I could use their name, so I'm not going to, but it was really nice. They're very sweet. So thank you for that. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, well, we hope you guys have a good rest of your week and that you kept all of your fingers and toes after the 4th of July. Yep. (laughs) Um, and you're not too hungover on this Tuesday listening to this episode. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.